good evening. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores. You're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. Our show features community members and their contributions to our community and how they are making our community a better place. My guest this evening is Peter Stack. And Peter grew up in Nevada City. He's a graduate of Nevada Union, and then he left us to see the world. 38 years later, caring for his mother returned him to California and set him on an entirely different course. The experience filled him with a deep appreciation for the needs of both our elders and those who care for them. He turned his skills in marketing for in-home care and nursing homes. And around 2011, when local care homes officially were not really in contact with each other, Peter, sorry, Peter, sought to bring the senior provider community together. He started a monthly gathering where care facilities and community administrators, staff, and hospital workers could meet, share ideas, and offer mutual support. Those meetings became the Nevada County Senior Providers Network, the Breakfast Club. It's grown to include local mortuaries, nonprofit organizations, long-term and rehab facilities, active and assisted communities, personal caregivers, and lots of hugs. And I'm so pleased to welcome Peter to our show tonight. Hi, Peter. Hi, Holly. Thank you so much for that nice intro. Well, thank you for being one of those people that once you meet you, you never forget you because you exude <laughs> you exude this love of humanity that uh, is a little bit contagious. So I just want to say thank you for that so much. And I did um, just briefly that you left Nevada City and went to see the world. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was? Yeah, well, you know, when you're 18 and and you're wanting to, you know, get into uh, other you know avenues, there's not much really to offer here. And so I just, my parents had a lot of really theatrical friends and uh, famous people. And um, so I decided that I wanted to follow that path. And so I, like I told my mother, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off and I'm going to go to Hollywood. And she said, well, you need to make money first. So why don't you go to beauty school <laughs> so you can wear your earrings to work? And I said, okay. So I did that. And then I took off and I was able to live and travel all over the world. Um, I was able to do that because I was involved in a lot of theater and uh, running big giant nightclubs and doing VIP lounges and doing TV commercials, and so I got to travel quite a bit. And uh, and then, uh, as you you know, then uh, then things changed for me, and I had to really shift over and focus on um, important things in my life. So family being, but that's when I got to travel quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, family. So when you were growing up, did you have some mentors, people that you looked up to that that you thought you'd like to emulate or that, you know, gave you the drive to want to do that? Yes. Um, I think one of the most important ones was Louis Armstrong because he was a, a really good friend of my family. And he was always really encouraged me to be myself and to, you know, go for it and, and all that stuff. So he was a mentor. I had um, other friends of my parents that were mentors to me. I had teachers that were mentors. And uh, then there's um, Marilyn Monroe and Peter Pan. Oh, <laughs> were they just hanging out together? 
because yeah. somehow you brought well, those are them, I think. <laughs> you, you have indeed brought them together. Well, what I noticed about you, and long before you knew me, I actually, I think, was aware of you because I would go to events and you would be hosting. And uh, what I realized is that when it said you brought hugs to the county, I think that is something that really sums you up, that you really do like to bring people together. Has that just always been your nature? Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I always, I, I always love people getting together and, you know, I always loved the opportunity for people to be themselves around me by being myself around them. And so a lot of times it allows for people to be themselves, even as for, for that only time, because it's a non-judgmental sort of thing. And I've always sort of been that way, but like I said, it's been a whole different life here. And, you know, the fact that um, I can encourage people to work together and actually like each other and help each other. That's That took many years well, <laughs> to achieve, but this is the perfect community for it. Well, I'm thinking almost 40 years away from Nevada County, it sounds like, that you were gone. Um, a big, big, big world out there, and then coming back to Nevada County, fairly small. What, what was that adjustment like? Well... I had come in from London and New York and, you know, heavy eyeliner and lots of leather with bat belt buckles, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> it was in, in the 90s, and I was known as Stacula. Oh. But that's a whole other story. So um, it, was, it was a real shocker. But at that point, my parents had left Nevada City and moved to Turlock, and so I went to Turlock from there. That, and so that it was doesn't a real sound shocker. much better. <laughs> no, it, it was a lot, a lot more different. At least I wish I had been coming back here. But no, my my sister died, so I came back there. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then, um, yeah, two weeks later, my father died, and so I oh, had three brother. I had three brothers, and they they left like popcorn. And so my mother and I had always been the closest. And so I just said, well, I'm going to move here and live with mother and take care of her. So she won't be by herself and have to go somewhere. Cause, and so I just did it. And it was one of the most remarkable times of my life with her. Um, I would, it was almost like we had planned it. I would guess that that would be both difficult and also the most gratifying. It had its difficulties, of course. You know, I'd never done it before, and you know, she got. But you know, she, she. I was there eleven years, and um, she degraded as it went along, and you know, and so it got more, a little more and more difficult. But we had a really good understanding and a great love for each other, and so it was just what we were doing in a way. When I met yeah. you, I knew you as a volunteer, and I think volunteerism is a large part of who you are now. Well, how did that transition take place? Well, I think it sort of transitions because there were there are possibilities of volunteering with making changes, and there's possibilities when you volunteer to get in with groups that you know really you know are serving the community, and not only that, but you know give you something to do. Um, meet new people um, and be active. Um, I do like volunteering. Um, do you think at it's the a moment? It's <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. I know I was going to say it's probably difficult now, but do you feel like the, that it's important? It's an important part of the human condition to give. Definitely, 
you know, if you can and how much you can and if you want to. There's no strict rule saying everybody should be volunteering, everybody should be giving back to the community through volunteering. It's, it takes a personal choice, and that makes you a volunteer. Yeah, the, um, what I found, obviously things have changed over the last couple of years, but certainly before yeah, with COVID. Yes, but before 2020, it seemed like, you know, there's this core group of, I don't know how many people, maybe 30, 40 people that you see over and over and over. And it's like that 80-20 mm-hmm. rule, but you were definitely part <laughs> of that rule. <laughs> well, I like to be actively involved in the stuff that's going on. So um, if, if they're making changes within the community and they're trying to get some kind of help from the city, you know, the, the more of us that, you know, go to these council meetings and the more of us that, you know, take part in that can make things happen in the community. So COVID did take a hit in everything. Yeah. You know, and it's just been, I've been working from home for almost over two years now. That isn't, I know that's not easy for anyone and especially somebody who's so social, but your skills, your skill set definitely, um, obviously the time that you spent with your mom gave you a heart for elders and for people who need care. And then you went into in-home care and uh, working around nursing homes. Was that a natural transition? Was it a big learning curve? Well, it was sort of something that I've been doing for 11 years and I wasn't going to go back to New York and get my agent back, that's for sure, and that kind of stuff. And so I did, and I figured, well, you know what, and I had changed so much over those years right? that when um, I brought um, my mom back to pass here in Nevada City, um, after she passed, I thought, when I, when I first got here to get situated, to get her here, I was like, what am I going to do? And I saw an ad for caregiving. So I phoned the company. And I got on board as a caregiver, and I thought, I wonder if I can do this for other people. Right, right. Doing it for someone you love is one thing, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's like when you have a baby, who cares, right? So, so tell me. I tried uh, it, and I I was finding myself being available, like being able to do, it, but not enjoying it. And so I went to the director of the in-home care place and said, "Let me you know, open an office in Grass Valley." for the company and so the next day I did and it was the first real in home care company in the county because everybody was independent at that point. Which is pretty And then it rolled on from there. Pretty amazing. And um Yeah. And look what it's evolved into. I'm Holly Grimaldi I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores. We are talking with Peter Stack. The show is The Sages Among Us. And Peter, you have definitely changed, revolutionized, if you will, the way the um, senior care providers interact now. And let's talk about that a little bit. What was it like when you started and where you saw the need and how did you make that happen? Well, let's see. I, I, was, I went into be admissions at one of our facilities here in town, one of our skilled nursing to do admissions. And I realized as I was talking to case managers of the hospital and like at the facilities that there it was just not harmless, and it didn't seem like people were in camaraderie. And I thought, and I thought to myself, this is not going to work in a community this size. This is this is not a good thing. And so I got involved with a couple things. First, I wanted to start the um, skilled nursing facility alliance. That would be all four of our facilities. Um, on a podium in the hospital, and I would look at the hospital to take care of showing everybody, the skilled, all our skilled nursing to all the patients that were discharging. 
but not all the skilled nursing wanted to play then. Right. <laughs> because they they so, they were competitive at the time. I mean, more I very. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, business is business and competitive. There's nothing wrong being competitive, but you know, what if what if it were different? You know, what if we could still be competitive but still put the seniors in the proper place where they belong and what they can afford? Um what they'd like as an environment, you know, it, it needs to be considered more. And so then I just started thinking to myself, well, you know what? I'm going to hold a breakfast. I'm going to invite all the administrators. And I had it at Paulette's, and almost everybody showed up. So then I decided, well, you know what? I'm going to just do a big meeting, and I'm going to find somebody to service breakfast, and I'm going to invite every single person in the industry. And I got a crowd of about 20. Now we're at 55, and we're in our 11th year. Which is um, and did you see that coming? And uh, absolutely not. And e- even through COVID, we've been on Zoom, and we're still having meetings and doing door prizes and exchanging ideas, and and uh, um, you know, and 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 really liking each other. And and like I said, there's a lot of hugs, and it's just a joyous thing. It's hard to get everybody to calm down to get started. Right. Well, <laughs> and it happens in a different facility or community every month. And they host us, and they serve breakfast, and we have, like, a speaker, and then we do, like, some fun networking stuff. It's a really great, great group. Do you see the changes that that has has provided over these years? You know, for 11 years, you now knowing who is in the other facilities, who's running the organizations, what the needs are. Are, the, are those changes, have changes been happening? Well, you know, I think everybody that, I mean, when I went into skilled nursing for the first time and I was in there and see what's going on, I was like, because there needs to be changes here. And I tried to make changes on my own. And it's not, if you can't do that, we're just not able to. We can make small changes and accommodate certain things through our county, like organic foods or stuff like that. But those changes that I see that need to happen in the facilities, and especially skilled nursing, is going to have to be on the federal level, which our communities will support if we get a chance to something to hang on to to make these changes that need to happen to care for our seniors and our caregivers need care and they need to receive you know proper pay and be held in high regard and you know make it a real proper job with really great training and those kind of things are what's most important about changing in our skilled nursing facilities across the board I mean, but without that sort of support, we won't be able to make those kind of changes in our own counties. Can you be specific about some of the needs that you'd like to see, some of the changes that need to happen that really haven't? Well, I don't want to get controversial. um, Right. Well, it's just like, you know, I think mostly what I'm thinking about is um, staffing. And COVID has been a really difficult thing in our facilities, you know, and it, and it really took out a lot of staffing. And so in order to get good staffing, you want to have good educated ones with good CNAs and good nurses and, and good at this and that, and, and they're just not available. They're working at the time. So staffing is really hard right now in our facilities. I think there could be, um, the caregivers and aides in them, you know, could, could and should be very proud of their job and they should make good money and have good training and really be somebody in the field, not just a CNA for, you know, go answer that light. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, and I think this community obviously has an aging population. It feels to me as somebody who's kind of just looking outside in, fairly new to 
the group and what you bring is that there are a ton of facilities. And yet when you talk to people, needs aren't being met. So where do you think, is there a gap or is it communication or is it, as you're saying now, because of COVID, that lack of staffing? Well, I think a lot of it is old school thinking about what skilled nursing is for. And, you know, I mean, they stopped calling them nursing homes, but that's what they still are. And, you know, I was thinking more to the skilled, to the the nursing home kind of life, you know, and I, I think that COVID put a real damper on it, but it brought forward a lot of problems in these facilities that the government's been looking at. And so I'm thinking maybe after COVID surge is let down a little bit, but it's coming back already. Maybe after COVID settles down, they'll really be able to look at these changes and see if they can't make them on a state level, you know. Well, my husband and I have this long back and forth because he is, don't you ever dare put me in a facility. And I'm like, I'll go now. They've got a social life. They're going to make my bed. They're going to cook my my food. There's going to be like-minded people. And so... Well, maybe if you're going to assisted living, but not if you're going to a nursing home, you'll have a roommate you don't know. You'll... And that's what I was just going to ask you. Can you explain the difference? Because I think people don't really understand the different language. As a layperson... What is one versus okay, another? Okay, definitely. It's easy to explain and understand. Um, first of all, there are senior communities. There are independent living communities where people have cars and drive. They just live in a community, and they just downsize their big homes to, like, a nice apartment within the thing like um, Hilltop and uh, Brunswick Village and places like that. And then there are assisted living, and that is, like, Escaton and Cascades and um, uh, Atria and... Uh, the, the other ones here. Sorry, did you go away? Peter? Uh-oh. I think I just lost my guest. Let me see. I'm going to figure out about taking a break. This is Holly Grimaldi Flores. You're listening to The Sages Among Us. We're going to put some music on. I'm going to see if I can give him a call back, and we'll be right back in just a minute. I hope. Let's see how this goes, where you're going to be listening to me talk for a while. Peter? Hello. Oh, thank you so much. Boy, well, that was fun. I was like, I could talk easily about anything for 15 minutes, but not by myself so much. <laughs> so, so yeah, well, that's fun. I enjoyed it. So where were we? Are so we, we, were t- we were talking about the difference between the facilities and understanding assisted versus a nursing home. I know that's not the right term anymore versus. No, it's just not popular. That's all. But let's not shy away from what it is still. I mean, that could be changed. Right. With, with not only a name change. So I think we were talking about assisted living, and then we talked about memory care. And people that have uh, they're in a memory care, 
uh, units that are their own community, and they all have full-time caregivers, and they're well taken care of in those things. So that's assisted living with memory care. And then the skilled nursing facilities and rehab, um, the nursing homes were called nursing homes, but then all of a sudden they decided they'd be able to take rehab patients from hospitals to rehab them before they went home. So they changed to skilled nursing and rehab, so they handled both patients. So the ones that come into skilled nursing for rehab, usually they're maybe one to two weeks, and they get physical therapy every day and food and medicine and all that until they're able to go home and do fully recovery, and they leave. But the skilled nursing, the long-term side, is people that are there to live. And it could be, it's mostly because they're old and their families are doing other things or have different beliefs or don't have time or whatever. So those jobs are important um, for those kind of elders to keep them activated and happy and, you know, interested in each other or in anything, you know, hopefully families come by. So, I mean, that's the levels of care. Yeah. Understanding that now, and and thank you for that, because, yeah, I want to be in the assisted. I'm not sure I want to end up, um, but, you know, we're all going to end up somewhere, right? I mean, not everybody gets to stay at home. And (laughs) hopefully the UFOs will come get us. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I think about, uh, well, with Stacula, you never know, you know, (laughs) anything is possible. So, oh, gosh. So I do get a sense of our community having a unique group that you have put together, this network of caregivers. And I wanted to speak a little bit about that uniqueness, but also in a more general term or general form, what is it about Nevada County that kept you here? Because you could be anywhere and, you know, Nevada County is a little, has its conservative side. Well, they can. That's okay. I don't care. Yeah. Um, they, they, they can do whatever they want as long as I can. And um, I like Nevada County because it brings back a lot of memories. I can tell you a quick story. I live on South Pine right at the end of Deer Creek Bridge there. Mm-hmm. And when we were at, well, first of all, I went to Mount St. Mary's High School. That's how old I am. Okay, so when we were at Mount St. Mary's High School, we sat under the bridge and look across at the house I live in now and say to each other, will we have our commune? We're going to have it right there. And 40 years, 40 years later, I came back and moved in. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So that's why I stayed. It'll take a seance to get me out of here, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> well, in these, so you uh, you grew up here. You left for nearly 40 years. And then now yeah. you're back. How has it changed? Has, um, has it changed? See, well, Nevada City um, looks exactly the same. I mean, sometimes there is a new store or a new sign. Um, as far as the people go, um, I sort of enjoy a real variety in there. We definitely have that, especially in the summer. Yes. And, you know, so I, I don't know if it's changed, but I, I, I know one thing that's changing right now that we should talk about that's really important and I'm really very proud of is Janet Mariletti. Now, Janet Mariletti is the new executive director of Gold County uh, senior services who does our wheels on wheel, meals on wheels mm-hmm. and our firewood program right and and the volunteer program and all that so when she first came here it was been a few years three or four years we all got together and we were like where's our we need a senior center she has really been ripping it up and we're 
should really thank her because they're going to be opening a senior center in the Grass Valley. Which I know they've got a building. They're looking for making some renovations. That's but, right. But ultimately, will that be, is that a gathering place? What What do you see it being? It's going to be like a little cafe, like a little coffee shop that serves like little foods. There'll be like classes, lectures, things to do, groups, discussion groups, reading groups, um, all of that sort of stuff going on. Um, we're also going to make it multi, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I don't know, lots Peter. Of, lots of ages, lots of ages. Multi-generational. Multi-ages. Yes, multi-generational yes. because it's where the old um, summertime used to be, and a lot of kids used to go there after school. So we're going and then we're going to encourage them to come in and get connected to a senior there, and you know get free soft drinks and you know do your homework with them. Um, that kind of thing as well. So they can get extra credit at school. They can follow a senior. So we're initiating all kinds of programs like that. So it's going to be really nice. It'll be a nice outside patio. You know, we're looking to put in a whole new kitchen. And that'll where meals and wheels to come out of there. So I've been here a while myself, and I have talked to people who say, but we have a senior center. It's out at the fairgrounds. Oh, no. And it hasn't been at the fairgrounds. We haven't been at the fairgrounds I don't know. For Ten years, at least, but there yeah. is still this feeling that that exists, and it certainly doesn't. So, um, I think part of part of it is the messaging of this is what we need here in Nevada County. I think Nevada County prides itself on offering almost all things to all kinds of groups. So this is something that's really lacking, as you would say. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, um, so a senior center would be so important. I mean, it could, it could just benefit seniors so much um, with resources. And and that's, you know, I could list things alphabetically, but it would take all day of things they're planning to do over there. And if, um, is it too early for people to get involved? Or? Um, well, if they're interested in hearing about it or seeing if there's anything they could do. I mean, if they're in a business industry that want to donate, you know, to the senior center, maybe help put in the kitchens, maybe sponsor it somehow. Or just to volunteer and just keep in touch with them. Just I think they should just go ahead and, and call Gold Country Senior Services and tell them they heard us talking about it on the show. I wanted to know, you know, what's up or can I help? Perfect. How about that? Perfect. Yeah? yeah. One of the things we always ask on the Sages is if you could change anything in the community, what would you change? And um, you're touching on this, but is there something besides that? Obviously, a senior center is vital. And getting seniors out and and active and using their brains and and also the idea of passing their skills on to the next generation and creating empathy for the for younger people. I was not great yeah. with older people until I became an older person myself. Right. Well, yeah, I understand that. You know, I just think it, it, this is the perfect community to have enough elders for all the kids because <laughs> 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 there's plenty of us. <laughs> I just turned seventy this year. You know. And I'm thrilled with my health and how I'm doing and active. And all my siblings never lived to 50. So, you know. Wow. But I can see a time where it might be really, really cool to have some, like, high school, you know, kid come in and say, oh, can you do homework with you? Or I'm in the drama class, you know, will you read me my lines or whatever? I mean, that would be thrilling. Right, right. And you know, when you're, yeah. No, I just think that, you know, they talk about nothing to do here for a certain age groups. And it sounds like over 70 and under 25, and maybe bring yeah. those together. 
Yeah. You know, um, especially like ages like 15 to 18. Because yeah. those years are the toughest. 18, you can go ahead and go and make your way in the world, and that's just fine. You know, if you can't, if you don't want to stay here, you'll come back anyway. But the thing is, you know, 15 to 18, you know, they could really get a lot more out of it, and, you know, the school could even give them credit. And, and at that age, they could maybe understand better about old people, like you said, about our elders, and enjoy them. Yeah, and, and you know, in our particular society, I think we just do not have the respect for the wisdom that our elders have for for all their years. And somehow that got turned around, you know, where we should be re- revering them and, and getting that information and their wisdom instead of shutting them into these, like as you said, that nursing homes. That was a big part of the problem. That's part of the correction that has to happen. But also, you know, these kids think they have some outrageous stories of things they've done when they were 16. They have no idea what these people have done. Right. And some of the stories that I hear from some of these elders is I thought I was a wild cookie, but no. Well, <laughs> and those are valuable stories for young people to hear. Like, you didn't invent that, you know. <laughs> of course. And be, before social media, where it was all over the place, thank the good Lord that that did not exist. Yes. Right, would you yes, say? Yes. You might yes. be in agreement with that. Indeed, I totally agree with you. <laughs> well, I really appreciate how you do bring people together and how you have you. bridged that gap so that everyone's not on their own island and shared resources and shared commiserating, if that's the right, the right term, and also sharing successes. Sharing successes, and one of the main things that we've that we've learned from working together like this through this networking club, is that what the important thing is to have no closed door, all open door policy, and to find the best place that suits that client. And I know that people from one, you know, um, assisted living, if they come there and and it's too big or it's too expensive. That sales manager will take them to another one and say, look, I brought this person down to look at your place because this is more suited to them. That, that is happens something. Here. That, that happens here. Is wonderful. And and I know. And so I I give you a lot of credit for that because Thank you. you are that catalyst and you realize that the need of the individual is greater than these different companies trying to make their quotas or whatever. And I think you because of that you've changed Nevada County. All because well, you decided hope, to hope. take care of your mom. <laughs> you know what? I think you're right. And I think you're so right. And I, you know, and I thought I was going to have, have some wonderful experiences living when I was a younger person. But like I said, this is a really wonderful time just to have it all happening in front of me and have it, have it happening. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you being here. We are actually out of time. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores. My guest has been Peter Stack. You can find him uh, real quick, Peter. Oh, wait, I'm out of time. I work at, part- I work at Partners in Care. 